Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Revelation chapter 7, verse 1. <clears throat> but before we take up chapter 7, it, uh, it might be uh, necessary, at least helpful, if we remind ourselves about the sixth seal. The uh, sixth seal brings us to the uh, time, to the time of the end of events when Christ, uh, when you'd look for Christ to come, because it's uh, this, we have the signs in the sun and in the moon and uh, and stars. Now then, the people that interpret the Bible. Um, especially Revelation, on a, uh, to, from the standpoint of signs and symbols, they interpret the earthquake and the moon turning to blood and the stars falling as representative of social, economic, or political uh, uh, personages or events. And the, when the earth quakes, when the sun, uh, is turned dark, when there's darkness, well then they say that, uh, well somebody has, is, uh, casting a shadow upon the church, or before the Lord Jesus, not letting Christ shine clearly, you see. And these are what are known as allegorical interpretations. And of course that method of interpreting the Bible, uh, had its beginning with Arden of Alexandria. Uh, he early uh, advocated that. John Middleton, the, uh, the poet, you know, the author of Pilgrim Progress, he was a great preacher, Baptist preacher, but and all of his preaching was on uh, was an allegorical basis. Uh, in writing Pilgrim Progress, he has represent he has characters represented by. Uh, different uh, persons, you know, I mean, symbolic uh, forms, like the slew of despond, and, and he has uh, the, all of the different, uh, every, every character he has is on an allegorical basis, but it's, it's showing, presenting truth, or presenting a, a man's attitude, whether he's happy or whether he's sad, or, uh, and so on, and whether a man is a righteous person or the wicked, he has him all portrayed, has a battle uh, going on. Well, uh, the sixth seal uh, tells us, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you can read it just as it says without asking anybody. If you didn't know all the different views, a man would read that, and he would believe that the day's coming sometime, somewhere, he might not know exactly when, or how to place this seal in its time of fulfillment, but he would have to recognize that there was going to be a, 
uh, a great earthquake and the time when the sun would become uh, black as sackcloth, when the moon would become as blood and the stars of heaven would fall unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs. All right, the Bible says in, in Matthew 24, immediately after the tribulation of those days, and then it talks about these very same signs of the uh, signs of the sun and the moon and the stars. Well, uh, Haggai says the same thing. Uh, Joel, second chapter, 20 to verse 31, says the same thing. And it talks about the sun and the moon and so on. Uh, and then that before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. In other words, he says these things going to happen. All right? And Jesus said, uh, when uh, the, uh, these signs, see, when these events begin, look up for your redemption is nigh. In other words, he's putting us, uh, that when these things occur, that he is about to appear. See? Lift up for your redemption is nigh. All right? The chapter, uh, uh, and then he goes on and uh, and tells about uh, the reaction upon the earth, that it's going to affect everybody, kings, uh, great men, mighty men, and that there's no place of safety uh, for them because they're going to be crying, you know, to the rocks, they're going to, they're going to want to die, and, and king. Uh, and because they recognize that some supernatural event is going to occur. Now, Haggai said, uh, once more, and I will shake the earth. You know, Hebrews uh, 12 uh, tells us that, uh, that see to it that you refuse not him that speaketh from, uh, from uh, upon the earth, you know. Now then, uh, why? Because God spoke to Moses upon the earth. Uh, through Christ, well, he's also now speaking to us through Christ from heaven. Uh, but he said, now, as they, when they refused him, the children of Israel refused him, and they, but they died. And he's cautioning, he's warning the Christians, uh, uh, the Jewish Christians that he's writing to in Hebrew for the same thing. And he reminded them, uh, talking about uh, uh, that Christ that speaketh better things, you know, than the blood of Abel. That is, uh, that, uh, from heaven. Alright, and they, he, he reminded them that they were come to the blood of sprinkling. See, which speaketh better things, uh, than Abel. Alright, now, than Abel, uh, uh, speaketh better how? You're not speaking in a, it wasn't the manner of his speaking. It was, but it was the matter of his speaking. It wasn't how he spake. That made it better. In other words, it wasn't how that God speaking now that made it better. It was a matter. It was his subject matter. God in time past, Hebrews opens by saying that God spake to our fathers, see, in, uh, in divers manners, spoken to the prophets. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Alright? But he reminded him, he said, now when God spoke, the earth trembled. The mountain quaked. You see? That's the point I want to point out is the fact that when God spoke on earth, the whole mountain quaked so that the people uh, was frightened, was scared. In other words, an earthquake is the sign of the presence of God. It's the sign of him, his presence coming from 
Uh, it's an invasion, in other words. It is, it's involving a catastrophe. It's not something that comes quietly, works like leaven. It's not like a snowball that begins to roll and roll and get bigger and bigger. See, that's the post-millennial view of the coming of Christ. When Christ comes back, it's going to be uh, amidst following the uh, heavenly signs, signs in the heavens. Sun, the moon, stars. Uh, now, when Jesus died, there was an earthquake. When Jesus rose from the dead, there was an earthquake. And an angel came and rolled back the stone. All right, now then, uh, <clears throat> Revelation says that in the, in the 12th chapter, yet once more. See? Uh, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Now, I believe that's literal. Now, the people that uh, interpret the, uh, the Bible on the symbolic basis, they'll tell you that that's uh, a shaking in economy. That's a shaking of the churches. So that's a shaking of government. That's taking turn, this king coming down and another king taking his place, changing completely all of his administrative forces. But uh, I take uh, Hebrews 12 to be a prophecy that Christ is going to come again. And that when he does, he's not only going to, his, he's not, the limitation of his shaking is not going to just affect the earth, but he says it's going to affect heaven also, the heavens. Not the heaven of God, but the heaven, the atmospheric heaven. And, uh, and uh, Peter had the same, uh, gave us the same message. God told him that, uh, uh, to write. And he wrote and said that, uh, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, according to his word, according to what he has spoken, well, who did he speak it by? Old Testament time. That's what Peter was talking about. Peter was referring to the prophecies. And he was referring to Isaiah. Uh, and, and Jeremiah. And Joel. Haggai. And he says, uh, he, uh, Peter says that, nevertheless we look for a new heavens and a new earth. Well, what did Peter say about the present earth? He said it's going to be dissolved. It's going to melt with fervent heat. He says the heavens are going to pass away. Now, does that mean that the the churches are going to pass away? The influence of so-and-so is going to pass away? He's not talking about principles. He's talking about realities. Of course, it's going to involve uh, all, all sorts uh, of civilization, uh, good and bad, because the things of this thing, this earth is, uh, we're going to have a new as to kind, new as to something that had never been. Not just new in the sense of, uh, of, uh, a uh, 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 renewal. But, uh, so, well, uh, that people, now this describes how that uh, people will seek the caves and, uh, and they, they're trying to hide from the presence of God. See, that's, they're trying to hide from the face 
of him that sitteth on the throne and the wrestler. That's what uh, the irreligious world, uh, well, they can get along all right as long as a man's uh, in the presence of a man, uh, I don't care how devout a Christian or child of God he may be and so on. But uh, and let him be talking about uh, politics or let him talk about school problem or about uh, and, uh, the systems in, in the country, well, they'll sit there and talk to him all right. But if that man, uh, nothing comes in, they start talking about the Bible, see, about spiritual matters, boy, they, you, you see them getting ready to get out of the door. They don't, uh, the irreligious, a man that has no regard for God, uh, cannot stand spiritual things or, and especially the presence of God. That's the reason why people don't like to go to church. We go to church. The Lord said that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in their midst. See? Now, he didn't say I'll, I'll be there, but I'll, I'll be there when, when you're there, when you get there. There is people that go to church. Oh. Message. Just out of form. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll get out. He'll knock a man that don't go. There's yeah. lots of them. Yeah, that, absolutely. But he's going yeah. to move if he, if he gets the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right, now then we come to <clears throat> chapter, chapter 7. This verse 17, that's good. Oh, yeah. He's talking about All right, yeah. life is coming back. Yeah, yeah, it's announcing it, see? Now, why are they, why are they afraid? Because... The, the day, the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? All right, now the very next verse, you'd think to you, you, you'd think that uh, having come now up to the point, uh, the vision in the vision, John sees Christ returning. But now wait a minute, John instead of instead of uh, the next event having Christ coming. Well, now, down here on the earth, there's something, there's a matter got to be tended to, see? And God's going to take care of that. And so we have a interlude. We have a, 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 a chapter here, all of chapter 7. We have two things. We have a, a group, well, we have three things. We have the angels on the four corners of the earth. We have the 144,000 and a great multitude. And that's, uh, uh, and, uh, the, uh, a great, uh, a mighty angel, another angel comes and says, oh, hold up here a minute. Now before, before the winds are let loose, before the final destruction, see, before the, the wrath of God is poured out, hold it a minute. Because there's gotta be some sealing down in here. We, we wanna, we wanna do some, uh, there's got to be some sealing. Uh, preservation, there's got to be some uh, marking, uh, acknowledgments going on, alright, and that's what, uh, that's what we read about here now. Alright, this is a, uh, call, uh, this is what's called a parenthesis, a parenthetical, or interlude, or, uh, it gets up, it's a break in action. It's like giving a, a commercial, but instead this is not a commercial, it's something that has to do with the main subject. But it breaks the line of thought. Studying Revelation is it, like taking a, a, a trip in an automobile and you keep on going. There's a, there's a main theme in the whole book. 
But then, uh, ever after so far, uh, here's a rest stop on the road. You stop, see? And, and then you think about where you've been, or, or what you've done, see? And, where, uh, and, and the events that, uh, where, uh, that you've been studying or seeing and so forth. Alright, that's the same way John did. Now here we are. We've got to our first roadside stop, so to speak. And uh, he you're gonna he sees something else. Instead of seeing people crying, uh, uh, hiding in rocks and caves, and and uh, expecting God to uh, uh, God's presence to annihilate them, why he says, and after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Now then, these four angels, they are four angels. People have written books after books trying to tell me who these four angels are. Well, what difference does it make? There are four angels. They're not, uh, but they, they've got a theory, you see, to present in the Bible. And they, they tell us this or they tell us that. Some man, some preacher here, some preacher there, or some group. Well, uh, there are four angels in heaven, angelic beings. They come and uh, envision they are seen standing on the four corners of the earth because that's the four positions from which the wind blows, the north, south, east, and west, and there are four points of the compass. And then uh, they, they came for a purpose. They were holding back the winds. They're seen holding back the winds. What? The winds of judgment. The winds of destruction. If they let loose the winds that's going to uh, uh, blow on the sea and on the land and on the trees, well, you see, it would just, uh, whatever it is, whatever is meant by it, it would destroy that that's in the sea and, and on the earth and the trees, the green things. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. Now these are good angels. They're not evil angels. But they're bringing God's judgment. They were to bring, they were to hurt the earth, the sea, and the trees. They were to let loose, figuratively, God's, uh, plagues upon the earth, you see. But here comes another angel. Give me the verse <clears throat> on there, man. Alright. Uh, in, in verse, uh, of course, uh, in verse 3, this uh, this other angel says, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Now, <clears throat> there are five angels involved here. Four are seen on the four corners here, holding the winds ready at God's command to let the God's wrath, the plagues, judgment are out upon the earth, 
and to see and to preach. The other angel, and uh, all sorts of people write and tell you that this is Jesus. Well, it doesn't tell us that it's Jesus. Nowhere later does it tell us that he's Jesus. Uh, so, uh, I'm willing to, to say that what the Bible says, that it's an angel. It's just another angel doing God's bidding uh, under the direct uh, supervision of God. He's carrying out his mission because they are angels of servants, ministers uh, of God. All right, now, uh, this angel says to the four, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we. Now, this angel is just one. He didn't say till I, but till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forests. Now, let's, uh, let's uh, look at Matthew 24, uh, verse uh, 31. <clears throat> now, the sixth seal brought us to this very point. Uh, in verse uh, 27, uh, <clears throat> uh, well, let's just read verse 30, verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels. Now notice this verse 31. Uh, now, immediately after verse 29, in verse 29, the sun became darkened, uh, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven. That's exactly what's said in sixth chapter of Revelation, under the sixth seal. Now, notice, uh, uh, this angel said to the four other angels that were standing on the four corners of the earth, hurt not the earth, the sea, or the land, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God. Not till they're saved. It's not their salvation. It's not for their regeneration that there's a delay or that there's a hold up, that they're not wait. Here's some people down here that's, uh, uh, that's yet to be saved. There are other sheep that I have, I must bring. It's not other sheep that Christ must save. The people, uh, he says, uh, hurt not the earth until I seal my servants. They're already servants, you see. They're already children of God. But what, what period of time are they living? They're living in at that point when Christ now is about to return. And here in Matthew, he has uh, come. He's made his appearance. And he sends his angels to the four corners of the earth uh, with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now, Revelation 7 doesn't say anything about Christ coming back. But it does tell us about the angels that are to do something. They are to seal the servants of God. 
before Christ returns. See, he's, he, he, he's just seeing part now. This, this interlude, this uh, parenthesis, this bypass, so to speak, is turning from when you'd think Jesus was going to return, but now he's going to describe something that's, uh, that's going to take place before he comes back, see, uh, as far as Revelation is concerned. But actually, uh, this, uh, if this is a uh, parallel to Matthew 24, and it appears to be, uh, it's almost within the, right in the vicinity of time at least. Why? Because uh, the angels in Matthew 24 are commissioned to gather the elect of God from the full winds of the earth, see, from the four corners of the earth. In Revelation 7, hurt not the earth, neither the seed nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their hearts. Uh, so whatever these, uh, whatever, whoever the angels are, they, uh, there is impending danger, there is destruction, there is wrath, there is terrible commotions going to occur upon the earth and sea. It's going to affect the trees. But now before that can occur, there's to be a ceiling. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.